Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now it's time for the worst episode of my favorite episode ever podcast <laughs> with Michael Schneider and Pan Aldon. <laughs> From Variety. I'm Michael Schneider. Now the star and executive producer of FX's critically acclaimed Better Things, Pamela Adlon grew up on television. As a young actress, she appeared on series such as The Facts of Life and The Jeffersons. She remembers fondly that era's habit of doing cheesy, very special episodes. Television is just like part of my DNA. So when I think about my favorite episode, what comes to mind is it was always like you know, on a next, on a special episode. Like, it was always the special episode of stuff that freaked me out and that I loved so much. On this edition of the podcast, we talked to Pamela Adlon about one particular Good Times special episode that stands out in her mind. And we also recount her memorable turn as a hoodlum on the Jeffersons. Plus, how she tackles important subjects without going that very special route on Better Things. It's my favorite episode. Welcome to Variety's My Favorite Episode. Let's give it up for your host, Michael Schneider. Thank you, DJ Omar Khan. It is another edition of My Favorite Episode. This time out, we're talking to Pamela Adlon about TV's string of very special sitcom episodes from the 70s and 80s, including the Good Times episode, The Evans Get Involved, Parts 1 and 2. That two-part episode, which aired in Season 5 on September 21, 1977, featured the introduction of Penny, played by Janet Jackson. In the episode, Penny follows J.J. home, and eventually Wilona, played by Janet Dubois, and Thelma, played by Bernadette Stannis, discover that she's been abused by her mother. Didn't I tell you to come straight home from school? Yes, Mama. But you disobeyed me, didn't you? Yes, Mama. You make me very unhappy, Penny. And you know what happens to children that make their mamas unhappy. I locked it. I knew that would be the first place you tried to hide. Please, Mama, I promise I won't be a bad girl anymore. Please, I won't be a bad girl anymore. Please, I promise. Please. Oh, no, Mama, please. Please don't do it. Please. For Pamela Adlon, that show is a symbol of a different time in sitcoms, one she even participated in herself as a young performer. It was a different era, and comedies like her FX series Better Things take a more sophisticated style of storytelling. But it's still fun to go back and reminisce about those times. We recently sat down with Adlon to discuss her TV inspirations, her close-knit set, 
and How Better Things is the Right Family Comedy for This Generation. But first, we talked about what else but podcasts. You, but you were saying that you've been invited to dozens of podcasts, hundreds. Everyone on has a podcast. On the way here. On the way here, um, I, I got a text. Now she's going to know if she hears this. Literally 241. I know you have more than enough on your plate, but I still wanted to ask, would you be into coming on mine and Missy Pyle's podcast where we crassly talk about how fucking hard it is to be a parent? I mean, it's your show with no visuals and we only have one kid each. You could call in and chat. You don't have to come into the studio. No big deal if you have no interest whatsoever. Constant Zimmer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. 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 Well. Can't. Thank you, Emmy Gods, for bringing you here. Thank you. <laughs> well, I like to. Uh, I like the subject matter. I, I, f- I found that it's been fun so far in yeah. getting people to talk about sort of what they were standing. Yeah. that's what the kids say now, standing um, as they were growing. Oh up. yes, as the youth they say, <laughs> I stand. I stand. Now it's time for the worst episode of my favorite episode ever podcast <laughs> with Michael Schneider and Pan Aldon. <laughs> So this is the first time that I've had a guest come in, though, and I have no idea what episode they're going to tell me. Oh, I I was supposed to tell you? (laughs) So, but it's okay, because now it's going to be a surprise, and it's going to be even more interesting. Okay, so it's it's really, it's just a wide span of television. Like, it's television is just, like, uh, part of my DNA. So when I think about my favorite episode, what comes to mind is it was always, like, you know, on a next, on a special episode, like it was always the special episode oh, yeah. of stuff that freaked me out and that I loved so much. Yeah. Um, you know, and then when I think about like my favorite episode, it's not necessarily something that was great, you know, Yeah. but anything that kind of cracked my head open and made me f- think about life and, and, um, hard things and things that were uncomfortable. It's like I remember the episode of Good Times when Penny got burned by the iron. When Janet Jackson played Penny mm-hmm. and she was being abused by her mother. Yeah. Do you remember that? That you're, one I don't. You know, I, I wasn't a Good Times viewer, unfortunately. So, I was a major so that one good I don't know. All the Norman Lear shows. Yeah. You know, and Good Times was a spinoff of All in the Family. Right, right. Also, Maude was a spinoff yeah, of All It had the like family. five different spinoffs. Exactly. So Jefferson's as well. Which I was on. You were on the Jeffersons. <laughs> That's am- yes. amazing. I robbed um, the dry cleaners. Yeah, that, I mean, you know, listen, the Try a Little Tenderness episode of the Jeffersons, that was my episode. Um, Louise thought she could turn around some street kids, and George was like, no, you can't. And then he caught me robbing the dry cleaners, and they take me up to their apartment with my other street rat friend, and they turned him around, and I still, at the end, I picked George's pocket. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and Wheezy looked at him and says, "You were right, George." Yeah, and yeah. he said, "Give me a kiss." And so, <laughs> and um, what would what would Florence the maid say? Oh, she made all kinds of cracks about me being, you know, a hoodlum or something like that. But, yeah. um, you know, so I think about that. I I have to tell you that I remember the episode of All in the Family when um, uh, Archie's friend came out to him. Mm. And he's like, so you you and I have known each other for how long, Archie? 
He's like, long time. They're like sitting there having drinks. And he comes out to him and Archie, you know, in a very subtle way. But Archie really just kind of acknowledges it. And it was like earth shattering. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I remember the episode of, and this is really queer, of 30 something um, where, and I totally watched every episode of this show when I was in my 20s, and me and my friend Susie. Yeah, yeah. Preparing for the next decade. <laughs> I think so. It was early 20s. Me and Susie Balaban would watch 30 something. And so the thing that was amazing is that Michael and Hope were married. So Michael was a Jew and Hope was a Shiksa goddess. And they had this argument uh, um, in the holiday episode. And he, um, he, she wanted to get a Christmas tree. And he was like, I'm a Jew. I never grew up with a tree. I can't have a tree in my house. And, and they get into a big fight. And then at the end of the episode, it's like the gift of the Magi. She, he comes home with a Christmas tree and she's lighting a menorah. I could cry right now <laughs> talking about it. Oh, oh, those those boomers. <laughs> I love it so much. And then, of course, I don't know if anybody said the Fly episode of Breaking Bad, which is... Yeah, still like the bottle episode of all bottle episodes. I don't it's, know what that what, means. It's like half of... That's, that's where I think a lot of us uh, learn the term bottle episode, where it's pretty much just takes place in one location. It's and, just in a lab, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's and and you know the reason why they do it is because they've blown their budget for the season, so they had to do an episode that was pretty much in one place since they couldn't do any location. But they wrote this beautiful episode that all took place in the lab. Oh, it's unbelievable because it it is it's like a reboot, and he's getting to he's talking to Mister White, and Mister White is dealing with Jesse, but it's all this this POV of the fly, and it's shot like I died i actually died yeah. i thought it was absolutely beautiful yeah um and it you know it's it's um it's challenging to you know when you're put, if that's true if there was a budgetary constraint and they were like we're shutting it down or something it makes you really kind of get creative yeah um you know i'm I just watch TCM all the time, all the time. It's on a loop in yeah. my house. Happy 25th anniversary, TCM. Exactly. <laughs> and so my friend Mario Cantone is in town. Um, he did something. He presented uh, The Wife with Jennifer Grant. Mm -hmm. And I told Mario, we were talking about it the other night, that, you know, when you don't, when you can't curse and when you're dealing with, you know, the code of the studio system at that time, it's like the writing was so elevated. Yeah. You know, and so that's what it, it, it feels like, um, you know, and I deal with that on my show, Better Things. Like, I have to deal with financial constraints. And um, it it actually, you, you can't believe, like, I shot downtown L.A. for Chicago, you know, in this season. And... Um, it's really um, amazing what you can accomplish because that is the episode that I remember the title and I remember what they said. I remember uh, how cinematic it was and uh, the feeling of being in that lab and, and the stakes of having it be clean and one little fly in the ointment. It was it, – yeah. it, 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 all of the – 
the tiny details um, stick with me. Yeah, yeah. That's when the writing really has to shine. Yeah. That's when you know that you're on a, a show that, that shines because of, of, you know, Vince Gilligan and his team. That's right. Um, uh, you know, and, and, you know, it's interesting because there is this sort of conversation going on now about, you know, now that we're in this age of streaming and, and premium TV where, uh, you know, creatives and showrunners are, are given more leeway. They can do longer episodes. They don't have to do act breaks uh, yep. anymore on, on streaming. And, and there are certain things that have always constrained shows mm-hmm. that uh, are sort of being let loose now. And, of course, the debate is, well... That's great, and that allows creators to do a lot more than they could before. But sometimes there there was a lot of great stuff that came out of those constraints that you know forced writers to, you know, tone things up, or tighten things up, mm-hmm. or, or there there are certain things that you couldn't do, and so that forced you to do something that ended up being even more creative. It's true. It's you know. Um... I'm on FX, so we have uh, act breaks. So when I push the envelope in terms of, you know, uh, running time, um, they say, you know what, you can go 25 minutes, but you're going to need four act breaks or something like that. You know, we prefer, you know, everybody prefers it to be a 21-minute, 22-minute episode. But... um, because we are a network that has commercials, we're dealing with that. Yeah. And I mean, I personally can't watch my show on network television if somebody's watching it and hasn't seen it before. I'll have a fucking heart attack. It's like the worst thing ever. Because yeah. I'm like, oh my God! You know, because literally, like, my show is about staying in this feeling and sustaining it. And then, you know, you're, then a Stater Brothers commercial comes <laughs> on and somebody gets up and goes to the bathroom and somebody gets up and people start talking. I'm like, no, we're not doing that. We're not talking right now. Yeah. So, um, that's really hard when you, um, when everybody's coming up with this streaming mentality, you know, uh, but also it's like uh, appointment television is a very exciting thing. And it's something that's like, is it a dinosaur? Yeah, it might be a dinosaur. But for me, I couldn't wait for Game of Thrones last night. Yeah. Like I was dying. And please don't tell me about it because I, I didn't stay awake. <laughs> no slam to the episode. I just, I, I have busy life. I understand. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I like that everybody was excited about Game of Thrones premiere last yeah. night. That it was last night and that we were all gearing up and, and ready to watch it. And I like that everybody knows that my show is on on Thursdays yeah. and they wait for the episodes to roll out. That's a sexy, fun thing to have in your life. People need things to look forward to as yeah. opposed to just like, I mean, you you can have everything. You just shoot your whole wad. It's like you're in a heroin factory and you do heroin all day. No. No, that's not a good example. Well, it, it, <laughs> well, what it is is you know it's it's you know you work so hard on all these episodes. They finally come out, and and this has been the debate for for a while now with with the streaming and the dumping all the episodes at once. Is yeah, you so so then you give it to the world for one weekend and people binge it, and then that's they forgot. it for another year. They forgot all as about opposed it. to reminding people for at least. 10 weeks in a row or 12 weeks or, or you know, 25 if you're still on broadcast that 
you're here and and you're a part of the pop culture for I, that long. I think that is so you know it's 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 the Dow you know it's the Dow you have to it's the anticipation of you know it, it in the Dow of Pooh they talk about how Pooh loves honey but the anticipation of eating the honey is even better than the actual right. honey so it's like I don't know that in our culture and now people have any patience. And people have said to me, to my face, oh, I'm just going to wait until the whole season's over so I can binge it. I'm like, all right. Okay, <laughs> honey. <laughs> See you in 10 weeks? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, I, I wish there was a way that we could, you know, reintroduce you know, it would be great if my show could be on a thing. You waited every week, but you could just watch it without commercials. No offense. It would be amazing. But, um, I well, mean, I, I think we as a society could use a little bit well, of patience. It's, it's interesting because at FX, you're sort of, you've got one foot in the past, the way TV's always been done. But then also, there is, you know, FX does, it seems like a pretty good job in, in allowing its creators to, like you mentioned, if you want to do a show that's a little longer than usual, that's great. And most importantly, yeah. what's interesting in the past couple of years is FX has sort of allowed swears, even the F-bomb, which is astounding on a commercial network. But to, what to were they doing? That. Like, weren't they swearing like on the shield? No. No, they weren't allowing. Uh, they they found interesting ways to get around it. But okay, it, it's only in the past maybe five years uh, that and mm -hmm. it started slowly. There was like an episode of uh, People versus OJ mm -hmm. where they allowed one f bomb, mm -hmm. and they kind of looked around like, well, no one nobody said anything. No one said anything. Yes, so let's open the floodgates. Well, you know, um, it's interesting because uh, I like having that. You know, in this particular case, because of the fact that there is a little bit of leeway, mm -hmm. um, and I always said from the beginning, I don't want um, the adults to swear f flagrantly. I, I I think that's that's boring, and it and yeah. um, it's it's being done on every other network. You know, I was on you know uh, HBO and Showtime before, so. Uh, I, you know, we could do anything we wanted. Um, it's it's kind of like what I was saying about, you know, when the studio was making movies with the code. You know, you have to be able to um, be more clever than yeah. just, you know, dropping F-bombs everywhere. And I always thought it would be interesting, more interesting, if you hear the kids swearing more than the adults on my show. Yeah, And so... Um, I had quite a bit of that uh, in season one, and then I just had a scene in this season. But um, I have fought for certain placement of the F-bomb that uh, really it, it mattered in the story. You know, like I had the Mormon mom in my show in Duke's Chorus. She dropped an F-bomb, and uh, it was it was jarring, and there was a reason for it. I just had a scene in um, my show this season where Usman Ali plays my doctor, and he drops, like, 30 F-bombs right. in the scene because that's who he is. Yeah. So um, uh, they've been 
they've been very you know they listen they there's a there's a word that they use it's called tonnage they just say we we're trying to get away from the tonnage like too much of of it but um it definitely um uh they they let me but you know it it can't be you know exploitive or or anything like that yeah so. yeah it has to be sort of be organic yeah with, yeah with the doctor for example it's just it's this is a it's a weird character it's it's an yes. uncomfortable character yeah. who like uh is it's inappropriate yes yeah so that made sense and then of course the kids that's a whole you know that, that when they're swearing at each other yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's funny about that is, you know, what, one of uh, you know the sort of side storylines this season is uh, your character shooting the, the movie, and mm-hmm. there's a there's a child actor involved, and and you know the the parent mm-hmm. of course could care less about the ki- the kid's well being, yes. and the you know the, the the ongoing debate, and and you having been a child actor, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this is something that's personal to you as well. And it's, it's sort of interesting to explore that, uh, yeah. uh, additionally. And then you have kid actors on your show, yes. um, who are asked to swear. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, that's an interesting sort of paradox for you. What, where, where do you fall on that? And, and what is your, uh, sort of feeling on kids and actors and, and what they can and can't do and parents and, and that whole Michigash. <sighs> well, you know, it's funny because um, you, it depends, you know, where they're from. You know, I, I mean, Hannah Alligood, who plays Frankie, my middle daughter, her family's from Alabama. So this is not normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, when we first started, there were things that were like, you know, it was it was kind of like a a, a process that we went through, like we had to kind of get through. And I, I just I let all the moms know that um, they could trust me and that I would never put their kids in any kind of a weird position. But there was one thing in particular that um that Hannah's mom and I were discussing for about 3 months before we got to the scene and in season 1 and you know I mean I had to pull out all the cards I was like okay so there's this movie called Taxi Driver and Jodie Foster is the star of it and she was 12 years old 12 years old which is how old Hannah was when she did my show so you know I mean if you're from a place that's totally different to you um, you have to find the place where you, you you say, well, she's playing an L.A. kid. This is the way L.A. kids talk in this world. Um, you know, if uh, somebody's conservative, religious-wise or whatever, that can come into play when you're uh, acting. But when we put out the, the breakdowns, I – it said on the breakdown, please don't submit anybody unless you know that this is a show with adult content and the kids, you know, we're, we're being very candid. So it, it worked out. And the amazing thing is working with her and her family, um, you know, they're, they're Christians, you know, and that's as far away from, uh, my, uh, the way I was brought up and, and, uh, my beliefs, and I have to tell you, they have been the kindest. Like, I'm going to cry right now. Yeah. I love them so much. And we did that together. We went through that together, you know. Um, and watching her grow as an actor in particular, 
um, from season one, like the first day I met her, plucked her fresh out of Birmingham, brought her to L.A., had her say some things that most people would be so shocked. She was unbelievable, and every year she just gets better, and she's like Buster Keaton, that kid. Yeah. She's unbelievable. Now, these these all three um, um, young women on your show. Yeah. I mean, they're astounding. You really lucked out in terms of casting. So, Thank you. And, uh, and, and, you know, it's interesting you mentioned, like, the, the, the family, like, they come from a conservative background, but yet mm-hmm. I'm sure they can see uh, they they can still relate to better things i mean it's because it's they do it's a lot more than just a show set in los angeles it's it's about relationships and family yeah and they love it you know i mean i think that you know all the kids have and their families have thanked me for um helping them you know uh, Mikey's mom, you know, at, at, after season one was like, oh, my God, thank God you have this scene. I don't have to have this conversation with her. <laughs> and then uh, Olivia's mom, the same. And, um, you know, being able to, like, live out their fantasies and Olivia cursing in the parking lot with Hannah this season. And, um, you know, and then, uh, I mean, Mikey having to go through all these different changes. And um, it's just incredible watching them grow. I mean, they were like, I mean, Olivia is, she came to me like a 90 year old man, you know, but like Hannah and Mikey were like zygotes. And so they, watching them change and flourish has been an unbelievable experience. Yeah. That's funny. I imagine the parents like, Pamela, can you just go ahead and do the sex talk for it? Like, it just would make it easier. Absolutely. Yes. If you could do that, that'd be a great. In a moment, Pamela Adlon on growing up in the business, her big animation voiceover career, and the long-term plan for better things. From Variety, this is my favorite episode. This is Daniel Holloway. Join me every Friday for TV Take, Variety's podcast about the television business. In every episode, we feature interviews with stars and showrunners from today's hit shows, as well as conversations with variety journalists about the key TV headlines of the day. Subscribe or download to TV Take wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. It's my favorite episode. I'm Michael Schneider. Pamela Adlon is our guest, and we're talking all things TV. Now in its third season... Adlon's Better Things not only stars her, but she also writes the FX show, and she directed all of its episodes this year. Adlon plays Sam Fox, a single mother and working actor, raising her three daughters, Max, played by Mikey Madison, Frankie, played by Hannah Algood, and Duke, played by Olivia Edward, in Los Angeles. Celia Imry plays her mother, Phil, an eccentric who lives across the streets. The show is a slice of life and extremely relatable for anyone navigating family, work, friends, and more. Are you aware of the fact that you owe me an apology and you're withholding it? Or did you forget? What's the matter with you and with your son? What? Mom, come on. Do you know... That you drove onto a school parking lot on your cell phone without barely looking up. Do you know how many kids you almost hit? Get away from me. No. 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 I would like to step outside. Step outside. Yes. I would like you and I to step outside on the playground so I can beat you up. 
just like your psycho son did to my daughter. Growing up, Adlon was inspired by some of TV's most iconic creators. Well, in, in you know, in some ways, it's, it's uh, bringing it back to good times and, and those family shows from the 70s. This yeah. is sort of, I mean, you're doing the modern version of a family show. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, all those shows. I mean, One Day at a Time, Good Times, The Jeffersons, Maude, All in the Family. Um, I was obsessed with those shows. And then I was obsessed, you know, growing up with like Sonny and Cher and when Carol Burnett would be on, um, it was like, it, it was everything to me. I just, I loved all of that stuff. You know, I I just, I ate as much television as my parents let me watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, was, was there anything, I mean, do you just, as far as you remember, always love television or? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I loved television. I loved cartoons and animation and the wacky races and I learned how to do voices uh from you know Yogi Bear and uh, Snagglepuss and um you know Marvin the Martian and you know I mean I just like everything the witch with the bobby pins coming out of her hair and Marvin the Martian isn't it just delightful <laughs> and all of that. It was my it was my favorite exit stage rage. I remember Snagglepuss and and all of those voices are like in my head. Boris and Natasha and and all all of that. It, it's just and the fact that I'm able to do that now uh, is kind of unbelievable yeah. to me. Yeah. So you were always a performer. I mean, that was always uh, you were always kind of a creative. I I think so you know even though I was convinced I was going to be a lawyer when I was a kid and I don't know now if that's something that my parents implanted in me like a chip like you're going to be a lawyer you know what I mean because I remember people would say you're going to be an actress and I would say no I'm going to be a lawyer you're (laughs) so wrong yeah but I don't really understand why I thought that well, and also, did did you think that was beneath, like, uh, that, that maybe uh, being an actress wasn't... Uh... Yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah. I didn't like anybody making... Um, it felt like a judgment or something like, oh, we can't take you seriously, mm. you know? Yeah. And um, I, I feel like it wasn't really um, something to be so proud of because it was more like an insult. If I, if I think about it, I'm having a memory now of, um, you know, I guess I got into a fight with my dad or something because we fought a lot until I moved out of my house. And I remember him clapping his hands and saying, oh, you're such a good actress. And it was the most, it was like the meanest slam. Right, it's a dig. Uh, When a parent says that to their kid, it's usually a dig. And I was like, oh, fuck, that is the worst thing anybody could ever say to me. You know, and... You know, now look at me. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And I I feel like I may have even said to vote to my kids before. Here's your Oscar. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no. That's the worst. It's such a a parent thing to say. (laughs) Yes. It's so terrible. But um, but hey, I mean, it's obviously you've, you've, you know, you're a writer, you're uh, you're a producer, director, uh, you know, Star, it's it's so you know back then I don't think people even thought about being a multi hyphenate the way they do now. Yeah, you were just one thing. Absolutely. I mean, my dad was always a writer producer, so I grew up as the child of a hyphenate. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so, you know, that was something that was very interesting because I remember him being a solitary, a writer in solitary, and then being on stage and producing the shows that he uh, produced. And then I guess he would... Um, I don't know if he was – he was. I think he was more of a creative producer than a line producer. But, um, yeah, and my mother was always uh, kind of working um, and supporting us as well. She was doing real estate. She was a travel agent. She was um, working for a composer. She worked for a publisher. So, yeah. yeah. But back then you didn't have – I mean you had Carol Burnett. You had a few sort of like performer, writer, you know. Oh, yeah. But you didn't have many. Yeah, Carol Burnett. Carol Burnett, huge, huge to me. Yeah. Marlo Thomas. When Marlo Thomas came out with Free to Be You and Me, Mm -hmm. my dad was producing a show called AM New York. And I was supposed to be on the show with Marlo Thomas she, they were going to get like four little kids to be in there. Marlo, like just, you know, rapping with the kids, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. up with people. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, she and I both got sick. And so, um, she sent me a signed copy of free to be you and me and free to be you and me was like everything for yeah. me. I mean, that completely blew my brains out. I just was like, Oh my God, this is everything. And she was she shepherded it she produced it she did it she got all these people together alan alda was on it uh, uh, you know bobby morse uh, um diana ross michael jackson it was oh my god it was everything yeah. so uh significant moment for me carol burnett marlo thomas uh really just kind of wow people could do that when tina fey um came out I was like this woman is doing all of this when Lena Dunham did girls you know uh and I'm talking about women yeah. you know I'm remembering Norman Lear having all of these shows going at one time and uh being aware of that but yeah. um significantly l- looking at women um being pioneers yeah um is something that, uh, you know, is kind of unforgettable. So, yeah, it, it, that was a big deal. Carol Burnett was a big deal. Cher was a big deal yeah. to me because she took the piss out of herself and she uh, was gorgeous, funny, talented, and she would play second banana to Sonny, who was a second banana. You right, know what I mean? Right. It was like, it was it was unbelievable, like, to, to see the humility of of her early career um really just uh significant impact on my life that was that was a big one and then you know the electric company and the women who are on the electric company and on sesame street you know rita moreno on electric company (laughs) unbelievable it was unbelievable yeah yeah and yeah, and look at Rita Marina still going. Yes, still going yes. stronger than ever. Uh, okay, so and and speaking of Norman Lear, uh, so so going back to good times real quick, since that's the show that uh, I know keeps popping up into your mind in these these sort of very special episodes. Yeah. So so take me back to that episode and Janet Jackson and, and the time that was pretty amazing. That like you know here 
you know, the, the, the Jackson sister is on this TV show. Yeah. You know, I mean, I didn't, I should have done my research and rewatched it before I did your podcast. But what I can remember is that they took her in and that, um, they, that, um, not Florida, but the, who was Esther Roll, but yeah. the, the one who played, um, the younger mom, it was, um, I forget her name. Uh, I, I, I could Google. Yeah, not, right not, now. not JJ Walker. No, not, <laughs> but, um, she was talking to her and Janet Jackson played this character named Penny and she was a little girl yeah. and she saw her hand and she grabbed her hand and she said, wait, let me see your hand. What is that? And it was like a triangle burn mark on her arm and she was trying to cover it up. And then they figured out that yeah. uh, she was getting burned by her foster parent, I want to say, or her mom. But all of those shows that were like, that were gritty and that talked about scary subject matter was my favorite yeah. thing. Well, that was the heyday of those kind of like, when you think about some of the dark episodes of say different strokes or facts of life or, or those kind of shows where I was on facts of life. Suddenly, too. There was uh, the, the, the episode where um, I think it was Blair and a couple other people were at a coffee shop and, and a pimp tried to like, Oh, recruit them. Or... Oh my God. I wasn't in that episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. Like, I, I I, know that they're done as cautionary tales. So it's kind of, I go the opposite of that in my show, yet I want, I want to have the cautionary tale. Like, that's why I tell stories in the way that I do, um, because I feel that um, Janet Dubois. Okay, yeah, yeah. Thank you. It was killing me. Yeah. I, so I don't like to hit people over the head. So a lot of those very special episodes were like, you know, just right. hitting you over the head. Yeah, it was a different kind of storytelling back it, then. It, it was. So like the way like I, I talk about, you know, um, power abuse on, on set in my show this season. And I just show kind of Sam – getting you know tossed around with all the crew and the cast and and even her dad's like don't be a whistleblower don't yeah, give away yeah. you, you know ghost dad yeah yeah exactly but um ghost dad um but uh i i i like that there's just something that kind of just sits there and it's a really uncomfortable moment and it's not completely resolved. So um, I probably those episodes had a lot of impact on me. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you're right. What's interesting about those episodes back then, everything had to be completely resolved. Oh, so, yes. You know. Uh, Pimps in jail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gordon Jump is arrested for kidnapping Kimberly. <laughs> oh, um, my God. He was? <laughs> That's hilarious. So, that name, you just pulled that out. Yeah, yeah. That was another... Very famous, very special episode of, Was of he different on different strokes. strokes? Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh kind my god! Do miss those days? Uh, the, <laughs> I feel like it was a simpler yeah. time. Yeah, it was. Um, hey, I have one more question for you because a couple years ago, one or two years ago, there was talk of bringing back King of the Hill, and then that talk sort of went away. Have you heard anything? More? I, you know what, we did. Um, uh, 20th or uh, 20th anniversary of King of the Hill. Yeah, 
at Sketchfest in San Francisco a couple years ago. And so we all got together, um, Kathy, Najimi, Greg Daniels, Mike Judge, um, who else was there? Root was there, Johnny Hardwick. Um, and we did a reading um, and we were all saying, everybody's like hitting us up, like saying what, you know, I think that they would be open to it, but I really, I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe in this, uh, now the Disney. I just it. hope they, oh, that's so crazy. That's true. Yeah. They, Disney loves its IP. So you never know. Yeah, exactly. I just hope that they call it like Schmang of the fill. So my ex-husband doesn't get any <laughs> new <laughs> residuals or payment. <laughs> I actually, I did call it Ching of the Mill in the first episode of my show this season, season three. Mm -hmm. Guy recognizes me on the plane and he's sitting next to me and he's kind of bowing with the book. And I look at him, I say, don't worry, I don't think you're a terrorist. He's, he's Indian. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, I know who you are. Oh, I love you. He says, I know you were rooster on Ching of the Mill. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just put that as a placeholder in the script, and he ended up saying it, yeah. so I just kept it. Kept it in. That's <laughs> exactly that's a nice, nice nod. Nice nod. But so, can I talk about my favorite episode of my show? Yes, yes. So, what is your favorite episode of your show? I don't know. Do you, do you have a favorite <laughs> episode of my show? Uh, well, I think I told you most recently because. Uh, uh, I can only remember the past year or so. Yeah, uh, was the episode with the uh, the your daughters, like uh, your your two youngest, screaming at each other. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and swearing because it reminds me of my two young, amazing, my two kids, and like I, I imagine if I had similarly said, okay, you have a minute, you can yell at, say whatever you want to the other, just like, and then after that, shut up. Yeah. Get it out of your system. And but I just know what would happen. You're going to use it. Yeah. You have to. My youngest would like probably swear up a storm yeah. where my oldest would be like, what? Where did that come from? Oh, and my God. My wife and I just were dying. Unbelievable. Dying at that. Well, it's a good tool. Yeah. You know, I'm giving people tools <laughs> to to raise their kids. But yeah, I loved that. That that one um, this season, I loved. Uh, God, you know, I gotta say, I I I of course love graduation so much from last year. Mm -hmm. I love only women bleed from season one. I love White Rock and Eulogy, and there's there's a bunch this season. I love Jeopardy, the one that was just on, and Toilet, that was just on. It's it, you know the the thing is that I'm I'm able to say that I love these episodes because my network gives me so much freedom to make them and yeah. nobody's like riding me and keeping their foot on my neck. It's it's just a kind of a, a joy yeah. to to work that way. Yeah, it just dawned on me that you're now part of Disney too, since FX is now owned by Disney. So I know, <laughs> but you know what? I've been working for Disney for years because I've done all the cartoons. You know, yeah. I'm I'm a Tinker Tinkerbell fairy, I'm Vidya and I've done, you know, I was in Recess and Jungle Cubs and Pepper Ann and so I've been Yeah, your voice has been a 
You, you're, you're a Disney mm-hmm. regular already. That's so right. Now it's just a larger part of the, the, the company as well. Yeah, I just, uh, I when they were doing it, I was like, so does this mean we could like get VIP and I could get into that club that serves booze? <laughs> right, Club 33? Exactly. Okay. Do you get any sort of perks? Exactly. Uh, I'm early, hoping. Early look at the new Star Wars land or exactly. something. Exactly. So, well, that'll be great. Um, so the standard question that, uh, you know, a show in success, you know, can continue on for a while. I mean, what do, what do you think the the sort of the the story of Better Things will ultimately be? How many seasons? What uh, do you sort of have a plan in mind, uh, or or is it sort of open ended? I can't. You know, it's it's unbelievable to me that I just got picked up for season four because it's so rare for shows to to make it to a season four anymore, um, and. I think that because um, it's it's a contained thing that um, I, 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 I don't know. I swear to God, I, two weeks ago I was like, okay, this is great. We could wrap it up. I know how the season ends. This is a perfect ending. They're not going to pick up my show. It's fine. Then they picked it up and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was saying before, God willing or God forbid, my show gets picked up. But – um, I, I, I like, I am excited to make more. Um, I don't know, uh, you know, how many years, like I'm going to be able to see my face in front of the camera, but you know, I'm more interested in other people's faces than my own. So, yeah, well, you, <laughs> I, I hope we see you for many more years to come. Thank you. You're not going to hide behind a mic uh, only forever, right? So. But isn't it fun, Michael? <laughs> like, this is so, this is the safe place. I'm holding onto the mic stand. It is, it is. It's 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 fun to eat a microphone. <laughs> exactly. So, well, Pamela, thank you so much for, for stopping by. And, thank uh, you so much. I'm going to go rewatch that Good Times episode tonight now, just to... Oh, Yes. Me too. I so, should have watched it before I came on here. Sorry, sorry, not really sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry. you're you're slightly slightly busy. Exactly. So I got to get through the Game of Thrones from last night. There you go. I don't That's, want anybody to talk to me. La 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 la. la. You've managed to get through the day without it. So exactly. Far. Stay off Twitter. I know. I am. <laughs> well, great, great. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks, Pamela. Thank you so much. That's it for this edition of My Favorite Episode. Join us again next time as we once again explore another guest pick. And be sure to subscribe to My Favorite Episode on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com for your daily fix of TV news, analysis, and reviews. I'm Michael Schneider, and we'll see you again next time. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.